Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Death Note. Today we will be discussing episode 8, titled Glare. Uh, Alright, bunch of stuff going on in this episode. Once again, let's just get right into it. So, this episode starts off, and we've got L and the rest of the task force going through surveillance footage from the night that all those FBI agents died. And when looking at specifically the Ray Penber footage, L starts to notice some things that are a bit suspicious. First off, Ray Penber boarded this train and rode it for an hour and a half. It takes an hour for that train to fully make its rounds. So he was on for more than a cycle. Then, L notices the envelope that Ray Penber had on him when he boarded that he didn't have when he got out. And then, on the footage of him dying, we see Ray Penber looking back to the doors, like, struggling to look back at the train. And L theorizes that Kira might have looked... Kira might have been there in person. Ray Penber might have been looking at Kira. For whatever reason, L doesn't know why, Kira might have been there himself. As if this wasn't enough to paint Ray Penber and the suspects he specifically was investigating in a suspicious light, a call comes in on the tip line about Naomi Misera, Ray Penber's fiance, who was found dead of suicide. And L, remembering Naomi Mistera from her FBI days, is like, wait, no, that doesn't sound like the Naomi Mistera I know. Like, she was strong and an excellent investigator. If anything, she'd be trying to catch Kira. And maybe Kira got to her first. Possibly. 
And so immediately, Elle's just like, okay, we gotta, we gotta put surveillance on the people Ray Penber was investigating. Uh, he was particularly investigating the households of two police officers. One of them being Chief Yagami. Now, of course, this is controversial within the task force because immediately they're just like, no, like, we're going to be putting surveillance on the chief's family? Like, that's insane. That's ridiculous. Like, like this is, like, such a huge problem. Like, we can't do that. And, of course, El does not do himself any favors by saying there's only a 5% chance that someone in one of those households is Kira. But... The chief, in a shocking enough move, is just like, no, we gotta do this. I get it. Like, if there's even a 1% chance someone in one of those households is Kira, we gotta, we gotta go for it. We gotta, we gotta jump on that. We gotta decide. Uh, we gotta have that, we gotta rule this out. And Chief Yagami's very clearly offended, very clearly hates that this is a thing that has to be happening, but he understands why it's happening. Uh, but it's some very interesting stuff to see that compartmentalization. And so, L sends Watari to put surveillance cameras in both of those houses. Now, obviously this is an issue <laughs> for Light, because Light is Kira. So, he can't just be in his room writing names in the death note like he usually is, otherwise he's gonna get caught. And he finds out that someone was in his room when he comes home and the multiple tests uh, that he set up for whether or not his, his room was entered uh, all of them failed. Uh, he had a paper shoved in the door. That if it fell on the ground, that would mean someone had opened his door. Someone was in his room. And that paper was put back into the door. Like, he intentionally made it obvious. He intentionally made it obvious that that was there. So anyone trying to break in would know... Okay, this dude doesn't want his room broken into. This is a security measure. I'll make sure to put that back. Uh, so he had that there that was very clearly put back. Uh, he had a thing with his door handle where it wouldn't go up uh, past a horizontal position. It could only go horizontal or lower. So every time he left his room, he... Lowered it about 5 millimeters. Lowered the door handle about 5 millimeters. And he would always just, like, sort of lift up on it at first. And if it didn't go up any further, someone was probably messing around with his door handle. And then he also had a pencil lead resting on the hinge, uh, on one of the hinges of the door. If that was broken... Which it was. That would be the final sign. Someone was definitely in here. And so. Light realizes. It is very very likely. That there is surveillance. Wiretaps or even cameras. 
in his room and in the house in general. And I love this one moment when Light recognizes, oh crap, this is happening, but Ryuk doesn't. And Ryuk just keeps talking at Light and being like, hey, why aren't you responding me? Why aren't you responding to me? Hello, what is going on here? What is happening? Why you, why you giving me the silent treatment? And Light leaves the house with Ryuk and tells Ryuk, okay, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Uh, by the way, <laughs> a really funny subplot in this episode. So because there are likely surveillance cameras in the household, Ryuk can't eat, eat apples. Because they'll see the apple just floating in the air and being gobbled up by Ryuk if he eats apples out in the open. It doesn't become invisible until he eats it. So, <laughs> he can't eat apples. Uh, but apparently, apples are to Shinigami what cigarettes and alcohol are to humans. So, he's fully addicted, and he's going to go through withdrawal symptoms. <laughs> With, like, his body twisting and doing handstands and all that. <laughs> So Ryuk's just freaking out, trying to get his apple fix <laughs> the entire time, and it's great. Uh, but Ryuk examines the house, and he finds, like, 64 cameras in total. Like, just an absurd amount of cameras. All of this while Light is very obviously trying to throw L off the scent. Like, he's... Doing teenage boy stuff. Like, he's got, uh, pornographic magazines that he's looking at. And, uh, he's just, like, trying to go about his life. Making himself look as average 17-year-old boy as humanly possible. Which, by the way, Chief Yagami <laughs> is very offended by the fact that Light is reading those magazines, is looking at those magazines. He hates it. He is very pissed that his son is spending his afternoon looking at naked women. Like, he is not happy. <laughs> it's like, we even have this moment of El being like, no, this is, this is normal. This is what 17-year-olds do. This is just... This is completely normal for his age. And the chief's just like, No son of mine looking at those magazines. <laughs> uh, but there's that. And eventually, we have everyone in both houses looking at the television. We get in a spot where both houses are looking at the television. And Elle's like, okay. Pull the trigger on this thing. Uh, we gotta air this message that we've been thinking of putting out. Uh, saying Interpol's got 1,500 agents coming. And so they put that message out there. And immediately Light's just like, no, this is obviously fake. This is obviously <laughs> not real. Like, it's, it, it, L's definitely trying to get a reaction out of me. And even Light says out loud, as if to show off, Wow, the ICPO is stupid. Man, why would they even broadcast that? <laughs> like, wouldn't it just be... Wouldn't it just be better to 
have them come in secret, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, this was a... Or it actually... I'm getting the line wrong. I'm getting the line horribly wrong, and I hate myself for getting it horribly wrong. Uh, this is obviously a desperate attempt uh, by the police to get a reaction out of Kira. I wouldn't be surprised if Kira sees right through this. Like, just showing off. Almost. And Elle's just like, huh, your son is clever. Uh, And then we get the big moment of the episode. Light goes up to his room with a bag of chips. And he puts the bag of chips on his desk and start studying. Start studying for the entrance exams. Just like a normal kid. But while he's doing this. He is also. Watching a broadcast. Silently. Through a mini LCD TV. That he hid in the bag of chips. Along with a page of the Death Note. And he's masquerading his Death Note charade. He's masquerading his Death Note deal. With like a normal kid studying. And he's doing this so that. L can see this kid studying. Not a. Not having access to this information as it's being broadcast so that he can write the names of criminals whose names are being broadcast. And they die as this is happening, as Light has, quote unquote, no access to uh, this information. This information that's just being broadcast for the first time. So basically, criminal's name shows up. He writes down. Person dies. L sees, same time, Light has no access to television or computer. He's just studying for the entrance exams. And the idea is that L would immediately go like, well, it's clearly not Light. By the way, (laughs) this is the infamous moment (laughs) where Light gives the very much memed line... Uh, in the midst of his look how smart I am monologue, inner monologue, I'll take a potato chip and eat it. <laughs> it is an insane line. It is an insane moment. I especially love how the actor's just like hyperventilating. <laughs> like he goes all in. Like his delivery is something along the lines of, I'll take a potato chip. <sighs> And eat it. Like, he's just getting really into it. It's an insane moment. But I kind of love... I mean, look, this is anime. <laughs> you can't watch an anime and expect every moment to to just be entirely grounded. You can't watch an anime and expect every single moment to have 0% insanity. <laughs> Like, there's gonna be insane shit like this. There's gonna be weird moments like this. Because it's anime. They can't help themselves. (laughs) This is a pillar of the genre. (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah. Took a potato chip and he ate, ate it. <laughs> uh, but L is kind of looking at light and it's just like, no. I'm not buying this. I don't know what it is, but something about this household. This household almost seems too innocent. It seems too innocent. It seems too above suspicion. So I'll still kind of suspicious of the Agamis and Light in particular. Also the next day. I really enjoy this moment where Light's mother is taking out the garbage. And Light sort of dumps the his own trash can into the garbage that his mother takes out. And then, like, as the garbage truck is taking uh, the trash away, you have Ryuk saying, Man, I can't tell if you're incredibly generous or just a spoiled brat, but... Didn't that mini LCD TV cost you 400 bucks? <laughs> Light burned 400 bucks. And also somehow got an LCD television screen in a unopened bag of chips. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure how he did that, but I mean, <laughs> he's real smart. <laughs> he is real Real small. It also, I don't think, is beyond the scope of possibility that he would buy a bag of chips, buy a mini LCD screen, in open the bag of chips, insert a mini LCD screen into the bag of chips, and then, like, reseal it. Because you can do that, right? There, there's, like, ways to reseal... Uh, opened uh, bags of chips. That's a thing. Pretty sure I saw like a Modern Rogue episode about it. Uh, anyway, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Like, there's ways that that could happen. It's insane, <laughs> but then again, anime. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is a great episode. I love it. I I really really love it. Even the <sighs> and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I posted something on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468 for both. Uh, I posted a video of me watching this and going, he said the thing! <laughs> uh, it's beautiful. Anime is beautiful. <laughs> if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time. If you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, which is a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be discussing episode 9. Talk to you then. Hey guys, we have a lot of fun here discussing teenagers murdering people with magic notebooks. But while we sit talking about our favorite Japanese media, Asian Americans across this country are suffering from a monstrous wave of hatred, discrimination, and violence. This type of bigotry is nothing new. It's existed for 
well, pretty much as long as America has been a thing, but it has increased dramatically over the past year in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic and the hateful rhetoric of former President Donald Trump. Average everyday Americans are being targeted every day for no reason other than the way they look, and they need your help. If you would like to help put an end to this horrific trend, please go to GoFundMe.com AAPI and donate whatever you can. That's GoFundMe.com AAPI. Thank you.